Welcome back. This is Night Flight and uh, today James Bartley is back. And uh, yeah, we are going to talk a little bit about what is going on here. It gets more and more confusing by the day. And uh, let's see if we can bring a little bit of light into this disaster. So James, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you, Judith. Glad to be here. So um, one big subject that is uh, all over the world are power shortages. And uh, just recently, um, I watched a little bit uh, Sky News Australia. And uh, it's a big subject over there as well. And uh, it was said that five states are at risk of uh, having uh, rolling blackouts or whatever. So <clears throat> since you are in Australia, what is the situation? Well, I've been keeping track of that, that's, that issue in America. Mm -hmm. And what people have to understand if they're not living in America, the areas affected potentially, which they're already saying will be affected, these are huge swaths of civilization. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in those areas. And we've seen in the past when the electrical grid would be overstressed due to so many people using air conditioners and stuff, like St. Louis, Missouri in the summer, in a hot, humid summer, right? If they don't have air conditioning in some of those places, <clears throat> elderly people will die. That, that's what we're talking yeah. about. That's the level we're talking about. Now, what's interesting how this all ties in is last week, Macron, Lizard Boy, whatever he is in France last week, he says, oh, we love you, our French countrymen and women and non-binaries so much. We love you so much that because we're you know, going to have this heat wave pretty soon, yeah, we're banning all outdoor activity. And mm -hmm. if you don't have uh, air conditioners indoors, we're banning that too because we love you so much. So now we're seeing the climate change agenda come down, which we talked about, we knew this was coming, mm -hmm. but now it's here, where in their zeal to protect us from overheating and all my friends in Arizona, Nevada, Texas, and hot humid summers, all those friends, they're rolling their eyes, right? Because that's what they put up with all the time. But because the French government loves its people so much, it's it banned all that activity. So that's where we're at now, where you have a combination of the grid being deliberately targeted and they can blame Russian hackers, whatever. Okay. But, and also because they're shutting down all the clean coal firing uh, electrical stations, which is ironic because they're saying, oh, you know, if you got $90,000, buy an electrical car, right? Yeah, but then they're going to plug into the grid that's using these, you know, clean coal-fired stations, right? The whole thing is a big joke. So when you combine the rolling blackouts, and when you hear terms like rolling blackouts, the the listeners and viewers need to think in terms of um, the shutting down of basic services, okay? Because we're not just talking about, oh, your air conditioner doesn't work, your fan doesn't work. In some places, they've got the plumbing and the toilet systems uh, are activated by the electrical system. So mm -hmm. in some places, if the electrical system goes down, you can't flush your toilet, pal, or pallet, 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what they're doing is they're reducing and lowering the level of service to bring it down to a very base troglodytic level, kind of think World War One trench warfare and people living in the trenches and you know all that stuff. That's what they want to reduce it to that level. So what we need to do more than ever is just get into the mindset because it starts in the mind of the heart first of you know solutions oriented uh, modes of thought and ways of being if the grid goes down what are you going to do about it be prepared don't be caught flat-footed they want a siege situation okay when you're besieging a city stalingrad leningrad berlin whatever right you don't want any food there you're going to shoot down any planes that try to drop air supplies. Completely, you know, rings, rings, multiple rings around the city and choke it off like an anaconda. Just gradually choke it off till everyone starves to death and gives up, right? That's what they want. So the key is just to really make oneself as self-sufficient as possible. And mm -hmm. also to be more discreet in their dealings with others, right? Obviously, you don't want to go into one place, a store or whatever, and just repeatedly come out with huge loads of stuff. Spread it out. Go to different stores. You know, even if you have to drive 30, 40 minutes across town, you know, uh, buy up all the stuff there. Just, you know, don't be, no, uh, don't normalize it. Don't make patterns for yourself. Just put yourself in a mode where when this goes down, when the grid goes down and the people are without basic services, flushing, water, uh, electricity, etc., three days in combo with the uh, the shelves in the stores already being looted, okay, that's what we're talking about. And so more than ever, need to know, uh, you know, security. You don't want people to know you're a prepper because you're going to be the first person they're going to be coming to. Kick your door down and take your stuff. And if they can't take it, they're going to tell the police, this guy is a prepper, which means he's probably a gun owner and other things, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the long and the short of it is these electrical shortages, which we're going to see shortly, is part and parcel of the full spectrum dominance, Okay. You're looking at this from a military takeover standpoint. The pro-baby murderer types are already saying, no, this time we're going into the rural communities because that's where the preppers are. That's where the Christians are. That's where the people who love life and, you know, wholesome living, we're going there in true red terror Bolshevik fashion, Right. That's where they're going. And if you look at it in the southern states, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, etc., they're already being stressed from the, you know, the sanctioned immigrant invasion, right? And it's just not people from the southern western hemisphere, Salvadorans and what have you coming up. Many of them are the communist Che Guevara type mindset. It's not just them. They're routing Ukrainians from, you know, South America. They're bringing up uh, Haitians and Afghanistan. Well, the Afghanis are being flown right in into U.S. Mm -hmm. American military air force bases, right? That, that's how bad it is. So all those things considered, 
the, stre the stresses that will be applied to the electrical grid, the food plants and distribution centers that are being destroyed right now, they're setting up the stages of a, of a mass famine. Famine, right? So, mm -hmm. yes, I would like your thoughts on all this as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so here, in, um, I, I will talk a little bit about the situation in Germany. <clears throat> of course, uh, everything is Putin's fault. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> yeah. And because of that, um, our government is already telling us it will be a harsh winter and it might be that there is not enough energy to go around in the winter, which means that, yeah, um, the houses will be cold. And the same thing that you said with the toilet, and I, I want to say something here that I think everybody should know. If that happens for a while, there is still coming water out of your faucet, but that eventually will stop as well in a total blackout. I'm, I'm not talking about uh, one, two hours of um, you know electricity failure. So now, <clears throat> Many people in that case will start using that water that is that drinking water and flush it with a bucket, uh, uh, you know, into the toilet. And that is disastrous because there is no electricity, there are no more pumps. And what will happen, especially in a house where multiple parties live, all that will come up, yeah? And um, meaning the house will be unlivable. So please, <laughs> if that situation occurs, inform your neighbors, they have to shit into a bucket, yeah? I'm sorry to put it that way, but that is how it is. Yeah, if you do not want to have the, uh, all that coming up your toilet again, yeah, then in that case, uh, you should be prepared for that. Okay, just as a side note. Now, <clears throat> um, at the same time, <laughs> you know, because now uh, Germany is not buying Russian oil, no, 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 no. We get it from India. And guess where India got it from? <laughs> they got it. They got it from Russia. And they're and, part of the BRICS deal. The BRICS deal with the, the Indians and the, and the Russians. Anyway. Yeah. And then what happens? Um, they make a mixture, you know. And, and then they say, yeah, okay. This is... Seven, let's say 70% Arabic oil and 30% uh, uh, Russian oil. My goodness, who is really going to tell that that is Russian oil and that is uh, uh, Arab oil? I mean, come on. So the only thing that happens is it gets more expensive. It is not that Russian oil does not uh, come in here. Yeah. And uh, now we have um, less gas coming through Nord Stream 1. 
and um, the media is saying, uh, yeah, Putin is cutting off the gas and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, uh, there is a, a, I guess it's a relay, a piece of, anyway, it has to be serviced once in a while. And that servicing takes place in Canada, but Canada refuses to send back the serviced um, um, piece of technology back to Russia because there are sanctions <laughs> against Russia. So now 40% uh, uh, less uh, gas is coming already. So that means, and uh, our wonderful minister uh, Habeck already told us that there is not enough uh, for the winter. And also the EU, um, the uh, Spanish newspaper El País, uh, they reported on this, um, yeah, EU um, pamphlet. And because they are fearing uh, riots, so they decided that they will shut down the industry first. But that is the same problem, meaning hundreds of thousands of people will lose their jobs and then you have the same problem so i i james help me out here is it all really incompetence and ignorant willful ignorance or is it a plan oh it's definitely planned and i'll address mm -hmm. more of that in a moment but i like to look th at things in a, a glass half full manner right take the good with the bad in, in america especially hearing oh they overturn roe v wade because they want a civil war you know what that's a glass half full defeatist perspective but there's a lot of these loser types out there in the so-called truth community i look at it as okay they're going to stop killing babies in a lot of different states in america to me that's a good thing because it's yeah, to me war as well. and all that's going to happen anyway so stop mm -hmm. bitching already okay now, as far as Europe is concerned, what people don't realize is all those points taken into consideration. It's like when people say, and I'm not being critical of anyone who has this mindset. It just I've had a lot of time to think about this. This could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, right? If you present Putin with all these fate accomplices, you know, sanctions, this, that, and the other, well, how, how can he respond? What else can he do? He cuts off the oil supply through Nord Stream, right? So that's going to make that the Europeans, yes, yeah, the, the natural gas in particular is going to make the Germans suffer. So that was mm -hmm. a predictable outcome. Now, mm -hmm. could you, it, it, is it within the realm of possibility, possibility that Putin was, was playing a role that, okay, when they do this, then I'm going to do this? Or is he thinking like, maybe these guys really are psychopaths they really do want to wipe us out kill me right so at some point putin is going to say f all that i'm going to do what's right by us you're doing this to us we're going to just not give you any more gas right and if you do buy gas through a second or third party you're gonna to have to do it in rubles okay <laughs> you know like india for example. And what people don't understand is the Ukraine thing is starting to peter out because the Russians, it's been a measured response. I understand why Putin has 
and his defense ministers have worked this way. I really do. They could have done the shock and awe, like the Americans just wipe out everything. They target sewage, water treatment plants, yeah, hospitals, yeah. whatever. They don't care. They just wipe everything out. Well, the Russians have been far more restrained. Okay, is that part of a psyop? Is that part of a big conspiracy? Or is that just an effort to just, let's just wipe out these Ukrainians and these Nazis and what have you, take out their bio labs, et cetera, et cetera. We'll try to minimize civilian casualties. That, that's what I would do. Call me a conspiracy theorist, right? But mm-hmm. from the standpoint of Ukraine petering out, okay, well, the Poles have had historic grievances with the Russians. So now mm-hmm. let's bring the Poles into the picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not enough. Let's bring Lithuania into the picture. Because Lithuania is saying, oh, now we're going to block all trade economic sanctions with Russia. They're not going to use our ports. F them. Mm-hmm. Okay? This takes it to a whole nother level where if Russia, Russia or some cyber hacker or some black ops player somewhere decides to pull off some big power play having to do with Lithuania, that gives NATO the right, the justification to invoke Article 5, okay? Mm-hmm. Lithuania, a little tiny country that was a ping pong ball between, you know, the Germans and, and, and the Soviets, you know, prior to the invasion of Poland. And then eventually, of course, after the, uh, you know, the partition of Poland, again, what, how many times has Poland been partitioned? Three, four times in the last 150, 200 years, right? People don't even know that. Poland didn't even exist for a while, right? And until it was restored. So they could make a casus belli, a justification for, for Lithuania if they create some kind of uh, stage managed event where people get killed, Lithuanians get killed, say the Russians did it. Article 5 is invoked, and now we have full scale war. The, the British defense minister uh, openly said the other day, was it a general, a big shot general, I can't remember, but he openly said that our troops have to perform, prepare for World War Three with mm-hmm. Russia. That, that's what he said publicly. Mm-hmm. But you know what I think when I hear that? And um, it, it, it turns out I'm not the only one. <laughs> I just recently... Um, heard a short interview with General McGregor and he very blatantly said it's over Ukraine lost and all that you are seeing there and especially here uh, the crazy ones in the UK um, who brought in uh, nuclear weapons into the picture and um, he said that is posturing that is like Volkssturm Yeah, the moment you realize you've lost, you your posturing is like, oh, you are the big uh, honcho and uh, everything is going fine. And he said, um, dragging it out only means uh, more people will die. And another thing that um, I, I would say plays into that is the fact that uh, Ukrainian police is now scouting uh, the nightclubs uh, for uh, people that uh, somehow avoided to get drafted. And they also um, um, made it uh, 
for they're recruiting now females from I guess 18 to 60 they they should all uh, join the army and I have to say if it comes to that that to me is a clear sign it's over you are done wouldn't you say Excuse me. Yes, th that's why they're shifting the emphasis. The attention is still riveted to Ukraine, but mm -hmm. uh, the spark, the conflagration may start due to Poland and or Lithuania, right? So, and who knows what other NATO countries, you know, beyond that may get involved. So the defense minister of Russia, I can't remember his name, but he said he or one of his big shot generals said, straight up, hostilities break out. And keeping in mind that all these high ranking American and British generals and NATO generals of various European countries are saying, World War III with the, with the Russians is a done deal. It's going to happen, okay? So the, the British military has already been told to prepare for World War III against the Russians. But in response, the uh, the Russians have said, oh, we're going to target London. If you guys do this crap against us, we're, we're going to rain down hell on you with our hypersonic missiles, et cetera, et cetera, which they can do very easily. Yes, of course, yeah. Right? So people don't realize, and I, that was part of the PSYOP, right? I mean, the Q thing was part of this. Mm -hmm. um, the, the flat earth was part of this, right? Satellites don't exist. Nuclear yeah. weapons don't exist. The people, yeah, same yeah. people who push flat earth are the same people pushing nuclear weapons don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And again, it, it's a lot of it is due to this surface level down in the weeds thinking. Like, oh, why would, you know, purely human madmen, billionaires want to launch all out nuclear Terminator style warfare, right? Well, maybe they're not quite human. And maybe radiation affects them differently than it does us. We, we, we know the effect radiation has on us. It may not have that. And the information that I've got from my colleagues and the research I've done, these reptilians and reptilian hybrids, they're not affected by radiation the way we are. So to them, a whole world saturated with ionities and radiation, <laughs> that, that could be like, you know, permanent vacation or Bermuda for us, right? You know, with the added benefit that all these people are killed and warfare and, and all this other stuff. And you also look at from the Luciferian perspective, the overturning of Roe v. Wade gave the justification, the excuse for all these, what I, you know, what people are now calling the demonic left because that's what they've been all along. Okay, now they're just going around and do these these gay pedo uh, nude parades in Seattle and whatnot. All that Babylonian evil sewer scum stuff, which is what they're all about. This is an outgrowth spread out from the Orion Wars to here, right? And, and now we're seeing the bitter fruit of all that because it wasn't stopped. It wasn't slowed down. Now we're seeing that play out here where all this devilry, is going on right in our faces. There's a video out of this woman in front of a school board saying, you're putting out all this evil, you know, 
sexual pedo grooming stuff to, to kids in our schools. And they're just sitting there stony faced laughing. And mm-hmm. this is what happens with you hear so often from these uh, truthers, so-called, oh, this is a psyop. This is, this is a distraction, right? Well, yeah. if it was such a distraction, why are you distracted? And tell me again, what is controlled opposition? Because everyone, if I was to take that stance that everyone who doesn't see things the way I do is controlled opposition, well, that, that accounts for 90% of the whole so-called truth community. Because most yeah, of them are exactly. still surface level down in the weeds. They don't even know reptilians exist. They disbelieve it. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're already down in the weeds. right? So the point being is that w- when we know that there is this non-human element pushing this to the point where they're, now it's coming out through official and semi-official sources that there is a non-human element here on this planet, right? People have been manipulated by the white hat truther deceptions that nuclear weapons don't exist. Mm. The earth is flat, which is Mm, nonsensical. If you talk to anyone involved in deep black spy satellite space, Mm -hmm. covert operation stuff, anyone who says that the world is flat is an imbecile. Okay. Yeah. That's so I wholeheartedly rampant. agree. That, that's so rampant in, in, in the truth community, so-called. Nukes don't exist. The Earth is flat. Aliens don't exist. Satellites don't exist. Hmm. So we're, we're talking already about within the so-called truth community, a significant percentage of people who don't even realize the implications of a nuclear war. Yeah. And again, the ionizing energy being beneficial to these reptilian hybrids, not so much to us. And so many of us having been, you know, gotten rid of by the treatments and whatnot anyway, on top of the toxic food, chemtrails. And people talk about chemtrails almost in a blasé fashion nowadays. But Mm. the intensification of the chemtrail effort, and just what I've observed in Australia, is through the roof. And I'm talking to people in other parts of the world. The chemtrail activity is insane, right? Mm -hmm. So... If you're looking at it from a grid brownout energy perspective, who's to say that, okay, you're, I don't mean this personally, Judith, but in Germany, we'll say, okay, you know, remember the Wehrmacht and, you know, in front of Moscow and, you know, that bitter winter, okay, well, now we're going to give it to you guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to manipulate the weather uh, systems to, like they did in Texas not too long ago. And other places, they call them polar vortexes, all this other nonsense. We're going to hammer you with uh, Arctic blizzard conditions. Oh, guess what? Uh, you know, the sanctions that you put on Putin? Yeah, no more heating gas for you. And we've seen this before, uh, post-immediate aftermath of World War II, where they tried to push the, Morgan, um, the Morgenthau plan on the Germany, which basically stated... And this is one of the reasons why General Pat was assassinated, because the stipulations of the Morgenthau plan, and which were literally written in Moscow Center, passed through the KGB, they were the KGB back then, GRU network, to America, to Harry Dexter White, who was a high-level member of the U.S. State Department, right? and the right-hand man of Secretary... Uh, Henry Morgenthau, right? Mm 
the Morgenthau plan basically wanted to make Germany just destroy their industry and turn them into, at best, an agrarian mm -hmm. civilization. And part of that process in the immediate aftermath of World War II was literally denying the German citizens from obtaining coal, okay? Coal for heating purposes. They literally put into international law the justification to prevent the German citizens who remember for years had been bombed night and day by the RAF Bomber Command and by the 8th and 15th Air Forces of the U.S. I mean, they, they had no roofs. I mean, these people were like destitute, right? Now, that wasn't good enough. Now you get no coal. You can't even huddle outside and have your little campfire with coal. We're not going to even allow you to do that, right? That's what the Morgan Fowl Plan was all about. Patton, among other things, rebelled against that. They bumped them off. That's how it works. So mm. what they're doing today is, is a grander version where the whole planet, uh, scale it up, is subjected to this Morgenthau-type plan. You're not allowed to grow your own uh, vegetables. You're not allowed to create your own means of survival. All that is being banned for your safety, of course. And what I've been saying for some time now, too, now they're going after the pets, okay? Because yeah. if, you, if you watch the, was it the third uh, original Planet of the Apes series movie, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. When the apes escape from uh, uh, Earth after the second movie, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, interesting movie. And then the surviving apes land back on Earth. They go back in time, right? And then they, you know, they begin and have offspring and what have you. And then anyway, at, at one point, Ricardo Montalban was the mentor of the little chimp guy that later became Caesar, <laughs> who led the rebellion. Uh, they came across statues in a, in a plaza of a dog and a cat, big statues. And then Caesar says, oh, what's this all about? And then Ricardo Montalban says, back in our day, we venerated these pets, dogs and cats. We loved them. They loved us. They were part of the families. But then the astronauts brought back some kind of plague from outer space, whatever, how they spit it out. You know, wiped out all the dogs and cats, right? Mm -hmm. Predictive programming. Now, what are they saying? Oh, these feral cats, uh, they're harming the ecosystem. They're killing local, you know, uh, native animals. They're harming the flora and fauna. And mm -hmm. then they start going after the, um, the owners of, of, of cats, not feral cats out in the wild now or the streets, but now they're going after the, uh, uh, the, legitimate cat owners. These mm -hmm. people who let cats out at night are killing local native animals, they're harming the ecosystem because cats are now being regarded as a biosecurity threat, you see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then the dogs will be, you know, shortly after that. In America, they've been killing dogs, you know, the cops, like it's going out of style anyway, right? So mm -hmm. now we're going to see them. And this is all part of the smart city uh, scenario, okay? Because they're introducing all these smart cities all over the world now. Smart parking spaces, they'll know exactly how long you've been sitting there in a parking space. They'll know exactly how much to charge you, right? The whole nine yards. All the city councils, they're all in on it. Every city council is green, sustainability, 
all these different uh, corporations that are like, uh, you know, cottage industries have sprung up all to do with sustainability, biosecurity, what have you. And they're all working hand in glove with all the councils, all the cities, all the counties in the Western world, right? And everything so, is directed against life. Yes, it's all anti-life. And this is what the surface level truthers down in the weeds can't seem to grasp. Okay, mm -hmm. All this militates against human because when we think we're at the top of the food chain, chuckle, suppress, grow. No. <laughs> we, we think we're at the top of the food chain, but all mm -hmm. this militates against us and all the other animals that we've come to love you know, over time also, right? Mm -hmm. Nature, everything else, right? So, and Celeste Solemn said in the interview she's done, she says straight up, what they're working on is trying to find a way to reverse the polarity of the DNA itself, not just of animals and reptiles, what have you, but of plants, right? So they're, in the grand scheme of things, they're working literally to reverse the polarity of this dimension. And with the 5G, everything else, they're gonna, they intend to plunge this place into a very dark realm. We're talking Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, all that stuff, right? integrate yeah uh i i would uh, like to circle back to what you said earlier about the nuclear weapons that there are people out there that uh, <laughs> say yeah, well, no such thing exists so um we have footage from hiroshima fukushima we have photos how do they explain it away one thing about so many of these, you know, click like, click share types is that they're not students of history. They're not mm -hmm. archivists. They don't know about how James Chadwick discovered the neutron. They don't know about the role that people like uh, from Australia, Adelaide, Australia, Dr. Uh, uh, Marcus Oliphant going around America demanding that people like uh, Dr. Oppenheimer and uh, Dr. Uh, Lawrence get into hardcore atomic weapons research because they assumed that the Germans were way ahead because rightly so, because it, it was their physicists and chemists that were coming up with all this stuff, right? Uh, and Enrico Fermi may have discovered nuclear fission years before the 30s. He just wasn't aware of it. Right, he thought it was something else, or just thought it was some weird anomaly. Uh, you look at the mass espionage of this, what we now know in general as the KGB, but in particular the GRU, the uh, Soviet military intelligence apparatus. How deeply involved they were in acquiring, stealing secrets of the atomic weapons research. Their code name for atomic weapons espionage was enormous, right? And they had a far-flung network of spies uh, in Canada and in America, Great Britain. Point being is that the Soviets are not gonna go to that much trouble to get information if it's just a hoax, right? <laughs> and what these truthers that believe nuclear weapons are hoax, what they don't realize is there's a historical trail of the people who actually discovered all this stuff, 
uh, Fritz Strassmann, uh, Otto Hahn in Germany, yeah. where they discovered that the uranium atom could be split in, in you know, bombardment, right? And then by so doing, it seemed to create this chain reaction. And then they tell Lisa Meitner, right? Mm-hmm. She happens to be in Scandinavia with her nephew. And they talk about all this. And so there's a historical trail of actual people who are involved in the uh, discovery and understanding of nuclear fission, right? And then from there, it was a short hop from the chemist and the physicist understanding uh, what they call atomic research back then to the military application, right? The Manhattan Engineering District, General Leslie Groves, just mass producing huge plants to develop the uh, necessary fissile material. Plutonium-239, which was created in a lab, and also uranium-235, right? It was enormous effort to create all of this. So when the the deceived, say, or the deliberate, deliberate disinformationists say, oh, nuclear weapons don't exist, it's, they're just ignoring all this research that had gone on before, mm-hmm. which is very typical. We see the same thing with these people who say, there's, and these are big names, so-called, in the, UFO, in the truth or community field. I say there's absolutely no proof that UFOs or aliens exist. Yeah, Complete yeah. nonsense. Right? Mm. And these are big. I'm not going to dignify their names by saying who they are. I never took them seriously anyway. right? Mm. But then you look at, at how they created just the development of the unit that bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki the efforts to create the 509th Composite Bomb Group and the support apparatus that that developed underneath and around them. All that stuff had happened. And I've spoken to people, uh, ex-Navy SEALs, UDT guys from Vietnam War era that served in Vietnam who jumped out of airplanes strapped to atomic weapons, right? And then there was Army Special Forces guys who did the same thing. So all of that is going on. You have all these nuclear weapons plants and you have these plants where they're uh, developing the fissile material, plutonium and uranium being visited by alien spacecraft, Oak Ridge, uh, all these other places. So they say it's a hoax, but the aliens say, no, it's not a hoax. We're really interested in what these whack jobs are doing with this technology, right? So increasingly, the people down in the weeds the surface level types, so many of them are, are just hindrances nowadays, right? They're, they're not even being helpful in the overall cause because they don't see where this is going. They, at a surface level, they're seeing that, okay, it's depopulation, but it's more than that. This is affecting our very souls, the ultimate disposition of what we call the soul. That's mm-hmm. the level that we're talking about now. And mm-hmm. anyone who's delved deeply into uh, alien studies knows that back in the 70s, they were working at, at Section D, the, um, the Dulce uh, underground facility in New Mexico. Th- they were working on an understanding of, of the bioplasma related to the human soul. The aliens referring to us as containers, containers of the soul. Yeah. All that research was being done at Dulce in the 70s and probably other places. So 
we're talking far beyond nuclear weapons. We're talking far beyond weapons of mass destruction. We're talking about what uh, the Richard Shaver and others like him decades ago were saying that there is a force that's been farming the human race, domesticating the human race. Some of it, you know, comes from underground, some of it from off world, some of it interdimensionally. And they all seem to work together to enslave us, mine us, essentially. And it, that's, it doesn't stop there. They want to play with our souls for like eternity, right? Yeah. So this is where we're seeing, you know, the oil separate from the water. Uh, the real players compared to the wannabes at this level. And I say that with no, uh, I, I don't feel it bad saying that at all, because a lot of these surface level types have essentially held back the research for a long time now. But yeah. they've got egg on their face because even now, the, what passes for this government is admitting that aliens are here. And one last thought, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, like to hear your thoughts on anything, but people talk about blue beam, fake alien invasions, there may come a point in time when these aliens, so-called, they say, F it, we're just going to walk amongst them and make them kneel to us like we did, you know, an eye blink ago, 2,000, 5,000, 30,000 years ago. You know, whoever's left, turn them into slaves of the gods again, right? So that's the level we're talking about at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I, you know, I get it sometimes as well. It usually starts out with dark rhetoric, meaning, um, yeah, okay, you will read something like this. <clears throat> you seem to be a very intelligent person. How come you do not understand that the uh, earth is flat? You know, you know this. First, I, I, I uh, give you a little bit of a compliment and then here I crush you down. Dark rhetoric, one-on-one. -on -one. So, um, and I have to say, you know, exactly that stands. Whoever does not talk about Q, flat earth, there are no nuclear weapons, is a shill. That type of thinking, boys and girls, you know, you find that in communist China. Yeah? Don't you dare to say and think anything else. Don't you dare to do that. And that is exactly what we have seen over the last two years. At that point, they were very, uh, it, uh, yeah, agitated and didn't like it but what they do not seem to comprehend is that many times they act exactly the same way totalitarian either you believe everything to the dot that i believe or you are a shill so the self-appointed awake and aware community has a hell of a lot of homework to do Absolutely. And the thing about the nuclear weapons is over the years, many, the term you often hear is backpack nukes, but the old term, I don't know what they call them now, they used to refer to them as uh, small atomic demolition uh, munitions, SADMs, hmm. backpack nukes, essentially. Any man or woman who can carry another man or woman is strong enough to carry one of these things, and they probably miniaturized it by now, right? And these could be calibrated to like 
instantly go off or, you know, 70 days later go off. And, and they can be calibrated to, uh, you know, have a yield up to, say, 10, 12 kilotons or lower. And they probably can make them stronger nowadays. I'm thinking in terms of 70s type stuff, right? Point being is that as far back as the 90s, the U.S. government had, like, in their inventories, had lost, like, 10, 15 of these things. So even way back then, uh, somehow these SADMs, backpack leaks have disappeared. And that doesn't include the possibility, indeed probability, that we've heard from what I consider to be legitimate Soviet military intelligence defectors that have stated that there have been a number of so-called backpack nukes planted all around America, right? Mm -hmm. There could have been a deal way back when between, you know, due to the Rockefeller Rothschild nexus, he creating the Soviet, uh, you know, Bolshevik movement in the first place, you know, worked it all out. So at some point in the future, the GRU will slip in with their, uh, you know, sleeper agents and plant these things all over the place. Nowadays, they don't even have to do that. When you look at the Secretary of Defense, Lizard Boy, Austin, whatever his name is, right? These guys are not only not even human, but they know that their prime objective in our example is to destroy America and the rest of the world with it and remake it in their reptile image, right? So when people say that there's no such thing as nukes, they don't know the potential of these things going off everywhere, even a one kiloton nuclear explosion. And I happen to think, because I've seen the video, that what happened in Lebanon, you know, last year or whenever, I mean, it's just so much has happened the last two years. That to me looked like a nuke. Mm-hmm. It didn't look to me like a f- fuel air burst, right? It looked to me the way it went off and the effect it had from, and on houses and people far away. That was a nuclear weapon, a low-yield nuclear weapon that went off in, in that port. Where was it? Beirut someplace, right? So in our example, if that can happen in the port of Beirut in, in Lebanon, that potentially could happen anywhere. And the way they're poking their, their finger into Putin's chest and, and thinking that he's bag. not going to – exactly, thinking that he's not going to do anything, right, because – the way I see it and the way the studies, you know, however, you know, whatever you want to end this first segment, Judith, just let me know because, you know, I, I don't want to go overboard and take up too much time. But no, no, we, we, we still have time in this segment. Yeah. You know, just to run out this point, you know, Rand and other, uh, you know, think tanks so-called did these studies way back when about, okay, if we drop or land X number of nukes on Russia back then, how many Russians or Soviets will be left, right? And they, they realized that because the Soviet Union at the time was such a vast country, you know, there's still going to be a lot of survivors left, right? And, and I see the same thing today where the archaic, old, decrepit militaries of the West, they're all overly stabinated. They're just o- overly woke overly controlled by the Luciferian sewer scum, like the aforementioned Austin sect of the U.S. Uh, military, uh, for example. 
would stand no chance in a shooting war, especially if you combine the forces of China and Russia. And see, what people have never taken the, the time to consider is what if in the overall Draco, draconian, reptilian scheme of things, they said, okay, we, we let these, these Europeans kind of run the show for a while, F them, you know, we'll work through our Russian-Chinese hybrids for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that's not part of the agenda, right? But I must say, and uh, I really feel this in my bones, that what happens in America, the, the resistance that should manifest there, pockets of resistance, will determine the fate of uh, this planet and of humanity, right? Because that that's why they're really pushing hard to take down America in every possible way. But there's enough freedom fighters there. And if you remember when the original V series came out, right? Yeah. Um, they said dedicated to all freedom fighters, you know, future freedom fighters, right? Whatever the verbiage was. And, and that's where I see the, the main locus of resistance uh, fighting back against us. All over the world, people are fighting in their own way, right? But in America, because they have the means to fight back, uh, we're going to see some resistance there because, you know, the founding fathers wouldn't have let it get this far. This is utterly ridiculous where we're at now, right? But there's enough people in America that have not been disarmed I have not been, uh, you know, received any stabinations or anything. That there's, there's enough people there to make a difference and hopefully turn the tide, because it's a frequency war. Like I always say, when they crank out the 5G, which, like I've said, uh, you know, before they're everywhere now. In some countries, I mean, they're like there's three of them in a row in a 200 yard span, right? In some places. That's going to happen. They're going to activate that at some point. CERN is going to be cranked up on July 5th, but it is a frequency war. If you remember what we're fighting for, if you remember the amount of love we have that resides in our chest cavity and how powerful, how so powerful it is and how they go to such lengths to try to push that down, right? If you just remember who we are. And it, I see a lot of the complaints in, in the so-called truth community about, uh, oh, this is a PSYOP, that's a PSYOP. It's like, what, do you think when, uh, you know, British uh, intelligence analysts looked at, looking at aerial photos, oh, look, the Germans are setting up these fake decoys here. I hate them so much. This is a PSYOP, right? Mm. No, they didn't do that. They said, oh, look, we think that they're trying to, mislead us here and you turn the page and it watches over you that's the problem with a lot of these truthers they get so emotionally overwrought and if they're not in control of themselves and they try to assume the mantle of leadership okay judith they don't want to admit it but they want to be leaders right and they're so full of all this angst and confusion and generally ignorance you know in the overall scheme of things and, and when, when I look at people like that, I think of these World War II generals and admirals that were mediocre, stupid, arrogant morons who killed off thousands of their own troops, 
in this mad, uh, you know, uh, quest for glory and fame and ego satisfaction. That's mm-hmm. what I see. Because a lot of these people out there in the truth community, they're not in it for the right reasons. And also because, quite frankly, a lot of them are scared. Now, at some level, you need to be have some level of trepidation as to what is happening now and what is coming down the pike, okay? We're not saying don't be scared. The key is to be scared and to work through the fear. And a lot of these people that presume to be leaders in our field, they're outwardly boastful and tough guys, but really inwardly they're scared. And they don't realize the, the, they're an influencer. They don't realize the malign influence they're having on, having on others who are following them. If one wants to be a leader, they must be someone worthy of being followed first. And that's the problem I see. And that's why they went to so much effort to create all these distractions, and psyops, and, you know, white hats and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. These people just, they're just not ready for this. It scares mm-hmm. the hell out of them. And they're, they're just paralyzed by indecision and fear. So anyway, I just wanted to put that, that thought out. Yeah. Yeah, usually uh, those ones who do not want to be a leader are usually the better ones. <laughs> than the ones that are eagerly uh, struggling for it. So, yeah. Um, Here in Germany, I see a lot of um, train of thoughts that say, okay, the new world order will be erected on the ruins of Europe. And um, that if uh, Europe falls away, And um, that is uh, for economically, it's quite okay for, uh, let's say, the United States and uh, other countries. If that powerhouse is gone, there is less competition. And um, that reminded me a little bit what uh, Mr. Brzezinski said. And he was one of those who always um, promoted, we have to put some adversary, you know, do not allow Germany and Russia to unite. Because one thing that the United States fears is Russian resources combined with German technology. So, and so far that plan has worked that germany and russia they are not uh, yeah, now everything is uh, quite in shambles i would say if that is repairable yeah well it, it will take a whole different uh, type of leadership so would you say there's something to it that um, there is more or less Yeah, a plan to sacrifice Europe and then, you know, redesign everything. If, if you look at the Kortenhof Kalergi agenda, which is in full swing, has been for some time. I mean, the, there was an article uh, recently I read. Uh, these six uh, Italian teenage girls, they were sexually molested by all these uh, North Africans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on a train. And uh, th- there's a term that they use, I forget the, how to pronounce it, but generally it's 
it's something that the Muslims, North Africans refer to when they want to go out on a, on a big molestation, sexual assault, fondling kind of spree, right? Mm. Where they just go out in roving packs and just sexually assault, assault and then, uh, you know, molest uh, every usually Caucasian female they come across. It doesn't matter what age, okay? So that process has been underway for some time. Nowadays, they're calling it the replacement theory, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's been in the works long before Kodnov Kalergi term became popularized. Mm. Because if you look at some of the statements, say, of Albert Pike talking about, uh, you know, the, what they later referred to as the clash of civilizations between Islam on the one hand and Christianity on the other, well, th that, that's it. Because the, the powers that be, the, the main element through which the reptilian Draco mantis consciousness is working through here on this planet, they saw their main adversary, quite frankly, is white Christianity. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that had to go. Right? So what better way to do that than to radically uh, undo the European heritage, which, uh, you know, was the norm in the European continent for probably millions of years, right? Mm -hmm. Supplant them with this invading... African slash North African Muslim. And we've seen, I, I don't really know if it was a natural example of this back in the day, you know, the Ottoman Empire, the Caliphate, what have you, and they, they made inroads as far as Spain, other places. And, uh, you know, we've seen how, you know, the Moors, the Muslims were turned back, uh, you know, by, by the Franks, the, the French way back when. And who knows how history would have turned out if you know, the, the Muslims had taken over Europe hundreds mm -hmm. of years ago. But that was more a natural outgrowth. And there was definitely archontic influence driving all that. That's, that's a given, okay? But the way history played out was it didn't happen back then, right? What's happening now is because these you know, hereditary bloodline families that control high finance and everything else, they've decreed that, okay, now is our chance because mm -hmm. we control all the borders, we control all the governments, et cetera, et cetera. Let's radically change the, the demographics of Europe to the point where teenage girls are being attacked on trains in, in, in Italy and they're having these huge... Um, you know, uh, flash mob attacks in France. And it's been going on in Germany, large parts of Germany are no-go zones. And mm -hmm. Gang rapes are so common in Germany, of course, because, but because of the leftist Luciferian control system that I just referred to, mm -hmm. controls the courts, controls the law enforcement, et cetera, in places like Germany and Scandinavia, et cetera, et cetera. They just shrug. Oh, you're being racist for reporting being gang raped. We're going to arrest you. Missy, okay, yeah. that's how that system works. Mm -hmm. So, to me, the Europe that I grew up reading about when I was a boy that, that no longer exists. You have mm -hmm. these uh, administrative units that are part of this larger, uh, you know, structure uh, NATO, the world government, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, the 
existing, long-standing white population, which used to, in the old days, have a determining factor in, you know, decision making, what have you, that doesn't apply anymore. They're mm -hmm. all history. Uh, what white people you do see in uh, position, uh, parent officials, positions of authority, uh, spokesmen, spokeswomen, etc. They're just tools, right? They're just, uh, you know, idiots, useful idiots. Uh, but we're seeing the annihilation of, of the white race in Europe is mm -hmm. what we're seeing, quite frankly. And there's, they made inroads in that in America too, you know, quite frankly, because, you know, the, the weaponization of so many malcontent, I don't even call them African-Americans because it would be, it would be to dignify them to say that they're African-Americans. Mm -hmm. You know, putting the hyphen in between and saying they're still Americans. No, they're not, they're not Americans. And what do you make of this? Um, <clears throat> yeah, that uh, Russia and Germany should not uh, join together. Do you, do you think that is something that uh, they really would like to prevent? Well, thank you for me, reeling me back to that point because it's a, it's a key point. In World War II, when you know German soldiers and Waffen SS would you know, meet their counterparts in the you know the British Army or the American Army, they say, you know, it's a pity because you guys should be helping us fight against you know the Bolsheviks. Mm -hmm. What they used to tell them, right? Now you have because of the uh, the, the miracle of Germany's economic uh, growth post World War II. You know, people say, oh, it's the Marshall Plan. It was more than that. It was just yeah. the Marshall Plan. There was a lot going on. Right. But the Germans, their industriousness, industriousness, their, their creativity, their engineering capability. In the ruins of a country that was bombed day and night for like five years, this is nothing short of remarkable. But the economic recovery they made, Germany, just to go backtrack a little bit, was the, uh, the bulwark of the so-called apparent defense of NATO vis-a-vis -vis the Warsaw Pact and the Soviet Union. Germany was the front line, as, as you know. So when you combine German industry, creativity, uh, et cetera, with the Russians, yes, I, I could see how there could be powers that be that wouldn't want that. And as we've seen in the past, if they don't want something like that, that eventuality to transpire, what better thing to do than to pit them against each other as mortal enemies? Right. We've seen the same thing happen again and again in the past. And so that whole Nord Stream, the, the, the reliance that the Germans have on natural gas, you know, people don't realize how cold it gets in Germany. That's a bloody cold place in winter, right? It goes back to the Morgenthau plan, deprive these German citizens of coal, you know, kill them off in the winter. Now, also on top of that, which we haven't talked about, but it bears repeating, how many people have been uh, treated right, it, it medically treated in Germany in the recent past, mm -hmm. okay, then you add in Arctic cold conditions to weather manipulation, you know, you cut off the natural gas supply, the uh, autoimmune uh, dependence factor, whatever it's called, kicks in, people start succumbing to the common colds, right, mm -hmm. that, that's all part of it, but all of that militates against any possibility of Germany coalescing in an alliance with Russia. See, that's the last thing they want because here's why, okay? Historically, before this huge Muslim Pakistani, 
you know, African before that, you know, it, because of the, uh, the communist uh, alliance with the Warsaw Pact and North Vietnam, there was a lot of also imported North Vietnamese brought into uh, Germany in the past. The last thing they want is these two historically prideful nation states, mm -hmm. the Germanic Teutonic uh, nation state, which, which goes back pre-Arminius, pre-Herman, thousands of years. The Germans, even though for a long time, you know, uh, you know, leading up to the Napoleonic Wars, there were a lot of divided principalities and, and what have you, uh, dukedoms, what have you. Uh, they weren't really organized into a coherent state until Bismarck, 1868. But they still thought of themselves generically as Germans, right? They have this shared historical, they share basically a common language, a lot of dialects and what have you, to be sure. But they basically had the same gods, they had the same, uh, you know, creeds and philosophies, many. You know, went through all the, you know, Catholic and, you know, Protestant, Martin Luther type schisms, yada, yada, yada. But they still thought themselves as Germans. And it was Germany's eternal curse, I hate to use that term, but to be sandwiched in the middle of Germany, central of Europe, Central Europe, okay? Where was the battleground of the Thirty Years' War, right? 1818, 18, uh, you know, 16, 18, 16, 48. It was Central Europe, Germany. That's where most of the fighting took place. There mm -hmm. was always this archontic effort to suppress this German Teutonic nation state kind of uh, uh, sensibility, right? And especially what's happened since World War II, where in the lead up to World War II, they wanted to utterly, utterly destroy Germany. You know, the whole world was aligned against Germany because of, you know, the Germans as a modern industrialized state were standing up to all this crap, right? Mm -hmm. Unlike all these other countries that's just kneeling down and knuckling under, they said, F you, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to uh, reject all of these uh, impositions forced upon us, uh, you know, Paris Peace Conference, et cetera, et cetera, all these onerous reparations, permanently indebting our country. And this whole concept of immigrant rape invasions, the Germans were suffering that post-World War I mm -hmm. because the French, as part of their takeover Alsace-Lorraine, places like that. Americans yeah. after the Second World War did a great job as well raping yes. German women. Yes. Oh, 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 great, they, job. They raping, great job and, and wiping out millions of German mm. you know, prisoners of war. Oh, these are honorable guys that fought for their country. Mm. They didn't deserve to be starved and murdered. But mm. you know, getting back to the end of World War I, uh, you know, the Versailles Treaty, Paris Peace Conference, etc., etc., not only did they impose all these onerous, uh, you know, financial obligations on Germany, essentially indebting her for forever, but they, uh, but they imposed all these colonial troops from Africa, French colonial Africa, were brought into uh, Germany, where they went on this rape rampage, 
raping and killing all these German women. Okay. So what's happening in Germany now where there's this immigrant rape invasion? That already happened in 1919, 1920, in the years leading up to you know, the, you know, the, you know, the Weimar Republic, et cetera, et cetera. So the point being is that the last thing they want is a Russia that says, no, we're Russians. We don't care for all your woke Sharia crap. We're Russians and we're proud of it. We sing about it. And combining with these Germans that, yeah, we're Teutonics. We're proud of being German. We're proud of being white. We're proud of being European. And then combining with Russia, because that would be a big problem for the new world odor, okay? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, having America there is bad enough. But now that they have Germany and Russia on the same page, no, they were not going to allow that. So what they've done is they've created the circumstances to make them mortal enemies is what mm. they've done. But the, the thing about it is Germany is a reluctant partner the way I perceive it. Germany is a reluctant partner of this whole NATO uh, scam because they need the gas. They, they need to keep their uh, citizens alive. That They know what's going on. A, a lot of the Germans that are against the mass immigration rape invasion, right? There's still a lot of Germans. Yeah, that, that is not what that. I perceive. Sorry. That oh, is no, totally no, not me. what tell I me, perceive. But let's keep let's uh, keep that for the second hour. I'm closing down the public hour now. I'm sorry, but... I want to hear that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will. And uh, so, yeah, that is uh, the end of the public hour, and we see the patrons on the other side.